Oh, they got music for me to sing. That is dangerous. <laughs> you, you don't want that. You, you know that already. Wow, wow, wow. Good morning. Yes. It's good to see all of you here today. Many of you I know and recognize your faces. You're like me. Your hair is a little whiter, but you're here, and that counts. There's others here that are new. Welcome to Red House, and I'm pleased to be with you this morning. What a, what a joy. Um, I've looked forward to this day for a few weeks now, and... Uh, I'm grateful for Brother Dwayne. We're praying for him and his family, and and I appreciate him and giving me the opportunity to come and be with you this morning. Um, I want to share a word of encouragement. Don't we all like to be encouraged? You know, life is hard, and anytime you can get a pat on the back, it makes you feel awfully good. And that's why I believe the Lord has me here today, is to just share a word of encouragement to you personally and to you as a church. Um, um, 25 years ago when I left here, there were six Parkers. Today there are 24 Parkers. <laughs> so we have been blessed. We helped Adam and Eve multiply the garden. Uh, and so we have been very blessed. We have children in three states. And so we get to see them occasionally. I don't know that we're going to see them all for Thanksgiving, but hopefully for Christmas we'll be able to see them all again. And, and uh, the guys are right. I came in 1988. Uh, three weeks after being here, we had our daughter. And in 1996, we moved on to Chattanooga. So we were here for a little over eight years, and those were good years. I don't want to get remembering because I could take two hours and we could talk and remember and laugh and uh, enjoy hopefully talking. I do remember one thing. When I think about Red House Baptist Church, I think about this. One summer, I performed 17 weddings. Some of you were some of that 17. We were still over in the other sanctuary. And that's not the great thing. The next, the next year, and Miss Linda can validate this, we had 23 babies born. Yeah. The, the, the joke used to be, do not drink the water at Red House Baptist Church, correct? Also today, I am the pastor of Green Hill Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And as I thought about preparing this for Red House Baptist Church, I thought, if I get my colors mixed up, you'll just have to forgive me, Okay. One is a house, one is a hill, but whatever I say today, I'm talking to you, okay? Uh, Red House Baptist Church. When I left here and went to Ridgedale, several times I got up in front of the people in Chattanooga and said, Welcome to Red House Baptist Church. And they looked at me really funny, like, uh, you need to know where you are. And so I learned the name of my new church. It is good to be with you today. Nancy and I are glad to be here with you today, and we've looked forward to this day for a long time. I want to do three things today. The first, all, first, I want to remember and celebrate. Guys, we want to remember the past for just a few moments. Ah, oh, anybody recognize that? 
It was cold. It was cold. Does that look like those beams? The second slide, please. Ah, we got them all up. Aren't you glad? Yes. And a third one. Yes. Does that look familiar? You don't know how many pictures I have of those eight years in my files. And I decided I would pull some of those. How many of you were there to see those beams go up? There we go. Those were fun. I remember when the first one went up, I was looking from the house. And I looked over here and I saw that one beam. It looked like we were building a doghouse. Because it looked so little compared to the sky. And so every time they put a beam, I began to praise the Lord. Yes, it is getting larger. It is going to be worth a million dollars. Because if it doesn't, they're going to cut my throat. And the building will be over. That happened in 1993. Look at these pictures. Anybody recognize those guys? How many of you, some of you were in that? Raise your hand if you were using a shovel that day. Look at there. That's the best looking guys in Madison County. Look at there. The best looking ladies in Madison County. Ladies, remember that day? It was a little muddy and you probably got your new shoes a little dirty. But we broke ground in 1992. We were 100 years old. And we were breaking ground for this facility that we could be a part of. Look at this crowd. We even got babies. We've got the whole church family outside. And they started with a bulldozer. We're in the mud. But we had a great day breaking ground for this facility. Now I've got one more picture here. Look at that. I told you, Linda. Yeah. Linda with black hair. Who would have thought it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to keep that slide. And those other two guys were a lot younger with brown hair. They had hair back then. Look at this one. This is the last day of worship in the old building. And if you remember, we all started out over there. I made everybody squished together over there so they could realize we really needed this new space. And we began to sing and pray. Brother Neil led us in a prayer. We sang songs. We had a piano and an organist going over there. We had a piano and an organist going over here. And if you remember, we all sang together. The choir kept singing, and we all moved. And we moved from... Uh, that, that long journey from that building to this building. And we all marched in. The choir marched in. Started the last, uh, continued the song that we started over there. And we ended worship there and began worship over here on that day. That was the, all a good plan except one thing. I had planned that I would come in last. And I would come up here and say welcome to worship. But I was so choked up I couldn't say it. What a great day it was that we could all be in this new facility together and uh, worship the Lord together here 29 years ago. Doesn't that seem hard to believe? But as I think about that day, it was more than a building. 
Rittenhouse was making a commitment for the future. That we were not going to stay in the past. We were not going to live in the past. We were going to live in the present. And that we had a goal to share Jesus with everyone in Madison County and everyone in the world. And this dream was to make it possible that more people could come and be a part of this church. But more than that, that they could be a a part of the kingdom of God. That day was a day of vision that we're not going to just be satisfied with being 100 years old. We're going to live for the Lord today and tomorrow and in 2021 and as long as the Lord leaves us to be a church. Amen? Amen. What a great day. Isn't that good to remember? And to celebrate what God has done. Here it is, Thanksgiving time. To stop and say, thank you, God, for what you've done for us individually. But look what you've done for us together. Wow, God is good. Now this morning, I want to be real honest with you. Since I stood here 28 years ago for that first Sunday, there's been lots of ups in my life and there's been a few downs. And I would bet for you as a church, there have been lots of ups and there's been a few downs. Amen? And I want to share with you a word of encouragement that was shared with me a few years ago. At one point in my life when it was a low point, as I was one day at home by myself, I had a knock on the door. And I went to the door, and there was a man there that I knew his name, and I knew who he was, but I didn't know him very well. He had used to go to my church, and he came and knocked on my door, and he said, Brother Dan, may I come in? Now, in the south, it doesn't snow a lot, but on that particular day, it was like in February. It was a snowy day. It was a cold day, and there was snow on the ground. And I said, yes, quickly come in because it's cold out there. And he, came in my, he came in my foyer and he wanted to walk. And we walked through my hallway and into the living room on hardwood floors. And he walked over to the couch and he said, I need to tell you something. And I said, okay. And then we sat down in the chair. He sat on the couch. I sat in the chair. And he looked up at me. He said, Brother Dan, how are you doing? And before I could answer, well, I'm doing pretty good or fine. Isn't that the Baptist answer? I'm fine. And when I started to tell him I'm doing good, he interrupted and he said, Brother Dan, God wants me to tell you something. And I said, oh, really? And he said, yes, God wants me to tell you that God is not finished with you yet. And I said, oh. all he said he got up ready to leave and I said David let me have prayer with you and so I had prayer with my friend David and then David grabbed me and he had prayer with me and he headed toward the door and he got over to the door I never will forget what he said he looked around at me and he said brother Dan I don't know if what I told you helped you at all but it sure makes me feel better because I told you what God told me to tell you And I said, oh. And he went out the door. And I closed the door. 
I turned around to go back to my living room, and there across my floor were tracks of dirty feet. And I looked in front of my couch, and there were two footprints of snowy, dirty feet. And I sat out in my chair, and I looked at those dirty, dirty prints. And I said, thank you, God, for an angel with dirty feet. He had one simple message. Brother Dan, God is not finished with you yet. To be honest with you, I cried for a few moments. And I had prayer to God thanking him for my angel with dirty feet. This morning I am here and I have new shoes on. No dirty feet. But I am here with a word from the Lord to share with you individually and as a church. God is not finished with you yet. Amen. That message is a good message for Christians all over the world today. Because it's not easy to be a Christian. It's not easy to practice our faith. It's not easy to go to church. It's not easy to let people know we are believers in Jesus Christ and not ashamed of it. God is not finished with you yet. And then God did something else with me. He reminded me of the very first sermon that I ever preached in this pulpit 28 years ago. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want to turn to that passage. Because in going back to look at this sermon, I realize it's just as good today as it was back then. And if you didn't think it was so good back then, maybe it'll be a little better today, okay? I get a a do-over. With most sermons, you don't get a do-over. God is not finished with you yet. The title of the first sermon ever preached in this sanctuary on that moving day was A Step of Faith. And we talked about taking a step of faith with God, not only to build buildings, but to be the people of God. And we talked all about faith. We were taking another step of faith. And that we wanted that faith of faith to be a faith where we were opening the kingdom of God to everyone. And we read from the scriptures, the book, uh, this, this passage. What is faith? Hebrews 11.1. 1. If you have in your Bible, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. When we moved from that building, just like when they moved from the creek up to this building, added on to that building, and then we moved from that building to this building, just like you moved from this building and added that building, it's more than buildings. It's about faith in God and what God can do here on this hill and how people can come to be a part of the kingdom of God. It's about trusting God. That day we talked about faith. Faith is trusting God no matter what. Faith is about trusting God when you don't know what to do. Faith is about trusting God when you don't know what's coming next. Faith is trusting God when you can't see what's going to happen. Faith is trusting God above trusting yourself. 
And that is what this church has been called upon to do over and over and over again. To trust God and to walk by faith. Hebrews 11.6 tells us a little more about faith. And it says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Folks, we have to have faith to please God. And I hope today you've already figured out in this lifetime you're not going to please everybody. When I was a young preacher, I thought every time I got up and preached, everybody would be pleased. I learned pretty quickly that's not the case. But I have learned we want to please the Lord. And you know what I've discovered? The more we try to please the Lord, then everybody else is okay with that. And if they're not, guess what? It doesn't matter. Our goal should be to please the Lord. And the Bible tells us we have to have faith in order to please the Lord. What does that mean? That means we've got to please the Lord and put Him first before ourselves. We've got to put Him first before others. We've got to put Him first before anything and everything else. We want to put our faith in God. 28 years ago, we talked about having faith and pleasing God. What is faith? It's believing, it's trusting, it's hoping, it's doing everything you can to please the Lord. Not just on Sunday, but every day of the week. My friends, today, isn't that the same goal that we have today as believers? To practice our faith, to trust God above everything else. We learned in a pandemic that if you put your trust in everything else, guess what? It goes away, doesn't it? In my church where I pastor, we had people that trusted, you know, I've got this great job. And through a pandemic, they lost their job. And we had people who had savings, and they were trusting God in their savings, and, and they lost their savings. We had some lose their houses. We had some lose their health. We had some lose their life. What lasts in this day and time? What can you put your hope in and trust that's going to be there? And that is God, my friend, and our faith in Him. And you know what I found is God's there for you. If you seek to please Him, God has a smile on His face, and He's right there with you. Not only when days are good, but when days are difficult. God is present. We must have that kind of faith in God. And then Hebrews, 29 years ago, we looked at Hebrews 11. And if you read Hebrews 11, it talks about by faith, we believe in creation. By faith, Enoch walked with God. By faith, Abel presented a perfect sacrifice pleasing to God. And then when we went to Abraham, and then we went to Moses, and Jacob, and Isaac, and Esau, and all through the, the 12 tribes, and we went all the way to the prophets, and the priests, and the Bible says in Hebrews 11, finally, to us, we are to be people of faith that put our trust in God. 
That includes ministers. And that includes churches. Isn't it easy to talk about faith? We ought to all have faith. And pretty soon in a few moments we're going to say amen. And we're going to go out there to practice our faith. You know what was cool about the pandemic? When the pandemic hit Tennessee, it it closed us down. The government said, don't have church for a couple of Sundays. And so we were good citizens, and we didn't have church for a couple of Sundays. And then we had church outside. We had church in a drive-thru where I prayed with all of our people each Sunday as they would drive through. We didn't have anything but prayer. And then we had outside church. It was like going to the county fair. We put up a stage, and we blasted across our parking lot. Church. During that period of time, we realized that really all we have to trust in is God. Everything else had been taken away. My friends today, all we have to count on and to trust in that's solid is God. And today I remind you of the same thing I told you 20, 28 years ago. Put your faith in God and walk with Him each day. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, He is with you. Since I've been here, I've been able to help build three more facilities of churches. Why God got me into that, I do not know. That's why all the white hair and in the back, no hair at all. I've been able to preach in India for 10 days. What a blessing. Been able to go to Alaska five times and preach in villages in Alaska. The last time we flew in in a little plane and it landed us on a, on a grass strip. Boy, was I praying that day. Been able to go to Haiti and speak in the, in the village of Nepali and preach there. Been able to go to Guatemala and preach in a church there. They were a whole lot like you This size and young and active, I wanted to stay. I got to teach in the seminary. Who would have thought it? Walking by faith in God is a great way to live. Not just for ministers, but for churches. In the last year, I've been watching your website. I've prayed with Brother Sammy so that he could come home and be with Miss Georgiana. Prayed with Eddie with a heart attack and heart surgery, and Miss Linda is at home. I thought I really prayed more for Miss Linda than I did Eddie because I knew Eddie would be all right. And I prayed for a church that has ups and downs, but I know they're people of faith. Keep the faith. That's what it's all about. Then lastly this morning, how can we face the future? We faced a hundred year past and didn't quit. You've gone on 29 more years and you've kept the faith and you're telling people about the Lord and you're being a great witness for the Lord here on this hill. And 2021 is almost over and we're almost ready for 2022. Folks, my word to you this morning is keep the faith. 
Keep your eyes on the Lord. Hold on to him tight. Hold on to each other. Let's be the people of God. Amen? And let me tell you how to do it. How to please the Lord. Don't you want to please the Lord? Hebrews 12, verse 2. Ah, go back to verse 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, the Bible says in Hebrews that heaven, people are watching us. And I believe this passage is referring to heaven. Heaven is looking down on us who are living and seeking to be God's people, and they're cheering for us. Don't you like that? I used to play ball. I love when people cheered and yelled and screamed. I could hit more baskets when people were cheering for me. I want you to know today you're not alone. In heaven, there is a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders us, the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You feel like you're running a race? Verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You don't want to know how to please the Lord? Put your eyes on Jesus. Don't let the world distract you. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Now worry about what everybody else is saying. Put your eyes on Jesus and walk with him. I had the privilege to baptize many of you. And when you were baptized, we made a commitment. This is the beginning of walking with the Lord. Folks, today, we're running with the Lord. Your faith in God is more important than anything else. So this morning, I just want to, how do we face the future? We run the race. We keep our eyes on the Lord. And we keep the faith. This morning I have a word to share. It's a simple word. But for some reason, this is the word God gave me. God is not finished with you yet. Individually, you might be here today and say, I'm going to give up. I'm going to quit going to church. I'm going to throw in the towel. Jesus says, I'm not finished with you yet. Today as a church, you've had many ups, and you've also been through some downs. It's part of life. God is with you on the mountains, and God's with you in the valleys. Here's a word for Red House Baptist Church. God's not finished with you yet. I look forward to looking on my computer, looking at your webpage, looking at your broadcast, and see the great things that God is doing through Red House Baptist Church. And it's not just building buildings. It's about telling these young boys and girls about Jesus Christ and how they can have faith in him. And it's about us as parents and grandparents modeling that Jesus is the way to go. You know what I've learned? I've got got a granddaughter that scares the life out of me. 
She's 11 years old. Anybody got an 11-year-old granddaughter? That is a scary age. That is the age when you really start praying. Amen? My grandfather, five generations ago, when he walked someplace, he would walk holding his hands like this. I do not walk that way. My son does not walk that way. But guess how my granddaughter walks? Anywhere she goes, she walks like this. Kind of scary. That not only are they watching, but they mimic everything we do. So moms and dads, point your kids to Jesus. Grandparents, point your kids to Jesus. Because guess what? They're going to do what you do. And if you are saying, I love the Lord more than anything else, if you love the Lord more than anything else, guess what they're going to do? They're going to love the Lord more than anything else. But if you don't, they won't. One thing that Red House Baptist Church has always been blessed with, and that's children. The cup overflows. There's something in the water. You're God's family. God wants to continue to bless this family as we walk by faith. This morning, if you're here and you do not know the Lord, the greatest thing I would share with you today is you need to know Jesus and give your life to him. There is no better thing to do in the whole world than to trust in Jesus and put your faith in him. And it's not hard. It's just simply saying, Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me that I might be forgiven. I want you to come into my life. If you've never done that, today would be a great day to come up and tell your deacons, I want to know Jesus, and they'll talk with you and pray with you. My other invitation today are for believers. Let's walk by faith. Let's not give up. Let's keep, let's run the race, keep our eyes on the Lord, and let's keep the faith. Amen? God is not finished with you yet. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. As we sing, would you respond to the Lord? If you're here today and you want to join this great church, there will be some men down front to receive you as a part of this great church. For 130 years, God is blessed. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus.